For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist and TNA superstar Kurt Angle. And you're listening to In the Room, the best talk show that you can hear. In the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, right here live on VOCNation.com and all your favorite podcast platforms as well. Brady Hicks, I've got with me the lovely Kathy Chips. What's going on, Kathy? Not much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Did you catch Michael Buffer in the Rams game? I get all in. Oh, please. What was that all about? <laughs> that was great. I was thinking, there's $50,000 of pop right there. Uh, <laughs> former WCW star, entertainer, wrestler, actor extraordinaire, fresh off of an interview with Hannibal TV, we have Stro Maestro. How you doing, Seth? Uh, great to be here, man. I come off a busy week, and I, I was doing commentary for Shockwave Wrestling Saturday, Sunday. I did a seminar for Alfred Waxman Championship Wrestling in West Virginia. I was on the Shane Douglas podcast, and I'm now back home and here with you guys. So I'm blessed to be here. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sounds like a busy weekend. How was Shane Douglas? Uh, he's doing great. He looks good. I didn't even know he had a podcast. I didn't I either until... That's why we didn't get him on ours. <laughs> I, I guess... You're doing that green shift to Target, or... No, it, no. Actually, it, it, it was a fun interview. We we talked a lot about like good old days, and you know, and and here here it is stories about Steamboat and everything. It was really cool. Oh, that is cool. That is cool. I guess the easier answer would be who doesn't have a podcast at this point. But uh, good for him. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, we also had hardcore Kevin Brady once again. How you doing, sir? Well, it's Tuesday night. That means it's me. It's me. It's HKB. 
in the room with Brady Hicks. And Brady, I gotta ask, your voice sounds terrible. I know. Uh, were you were you spending your Sunday evening screaming about how awful that Royal Rumble match was? Or? <laughs> I think the world was. <laughs> also, my question for Stro, I mean, you're on this show every week. You've got your own show on the VOC uh, network. I kind of wonder why you need to do shoot interviews. You are a walking, talking, living shoot interview. Ah, uh, well, I guess I got a lot of love to give. <laughs> so I, I, I spread spread the wealth, right? You know. <laughs> I, I just you know I just hope that you're you're uh, promoting the hell out of this show on that uh, Hannibal TV spot. Oh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a promoting freak, man. I'm all over the place. He is. You know, I remember there was when you, a time. When you first sent the, when, when you first I'm sorry, Brady, but when you That's first okay. sent the link, and it just said you know uh, Stroh shoot interview and Hannibal TV, I thought you were just doing an interview and talking about the TV show Hannibal. Uh, that was, you know, that, that great uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, oh, I wish I was. I'm a big fan. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's right up your alley anyway. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's just yeah. talking about Hannibal. That's cool. I don't know who this Hannibal guy is. P- past yeah. the fava beans, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice Chianti, Kathy. Uh, oh, please. <laughs> You know, I was going to say, like, there was a time when I think I'm pretty sure that Stroh did five or six days in a row on this network alone, like, at, at one point. He was, like, every night of the week he was on. It was one I'm show than another. He is a machine. I don't know how he does it. I got burned out when I used to broadcast. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kathy, you remember that? I used to do the show with Papa Don. I had this show. Mm-hmm. I was doing the show with Bobby Fish, who's in AEW now. Uh, we yeah. had a Thursday show, too. Oh, oh, well, I was doing the VOC Nation stuff. Uh, I was doing Hell in a Cell. I was, like, all over the place. It was insane. And uh, it Did almost I get killed, burned up huh? thinking about doing yeah. this show. It killed my yeah, life. Huh? <laughs> it killed my life. You lost your file Yeah. So was I yelling on on Sunday, uh, Saturday? No, not really. Um you know, and I want to Sorry, talk yeah, about that tonight. Yeah, no, I, I want to talk about that, though, because um, a lot of people are really kind of coming down hard on the Royal Rumble. And I want to know, honestly, like, did people really think it was that bad? Um, because for me, I would say it was predictable. I didn't see it, and I kind of figured that Brock won when he – I mean, because I, I watched it kind of in dribs and drabs on Sunday, kind of based around, like, the football schedule and when I was able to fit it in. and. Um, like, for me, I, I saw that he got screwed, that Lesnar got screwed, and right away I thought, well, he's going to win the Royal Rumble now because that's just – that's what they did. Yeah, you know? but that's the thing. Like, isn't that the problem? Like, it was so predictable, and it was so lacking in any sort of creativity. It was one of your four big shows of the year. You should really go out with a bang in that main event, right? It should really leave you thinking, wow, that's something I didn't expect. And they just – they went for the, they found the simplest solution, and they went with it. Didn't take any risk. Didn't use that as a platform to elevate anybody. I know we were talking on the uh, on the, the pre-show planning chat, and, and somebody had mentioned that, you know, at, at a certain point it looked like maybe Riddle was up up for the bump there. And, and that's, the, that's the kind of move you should do. You, you use the Royal Rumble as this great opportunity to springboard somebody that doesn't belong in the main event of WrestleMania. And, and move them into a position where they do belong in the main event of WrestleMania. You know, yeah. and, and again, I, yeah. I think I've seen Riddle, 
I've seen Riddle fight more times than I've seen him work. Like, I, I saw Matt Riddle fight when he was, you know, in the UFC. UFC, yeah. I've seen tape on him uh, when he was fighting previously. I've only seen him really work two matches now since my my return to watching WWE's product. Yeah, I'm so and sorry about that. I mean, the guy's entertaining, right? So, you know, I, I like yeah. the stoner character. Yeah. He's definitely got some, some ability to work in the ring. I mean, you can do something with that guy. And, and to not only choose to not put him over in the Rumble match, and, you know, look, maybe he wasn't ever actually realistically considered to go over in the Rumble match, but then to have him just deposited the way he was by Brock, I mean, you just totally bury the guy when you had a great opportunity to elevate him. I had a feeling if, if, if Brock was going to lose the Rumble that uh, he was going to get involved somehow in the Rumble, and here we are, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, you know, as soon as, as soon as that whole – and, like, all right, cool. So the Roman and, and Paul Heyman thing was – I mean, it was neat, but then at the same time, I'm kind of like, why does Paul Heyman make that decision? I don't know if there's more backstory there that I'm just not aware of, but just looking uh, at it in a vacuum, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, but, you know, sure, Paul Heyman turns his back on his uh, the guy that he's been his meal ticket for years with Brock Lesnar and, and embraces Roman Reigns. Okay, whatever, sure. And what? So, yeah, you, you know you're going to progress towards Brock versus Roman at some point, but... I don't know, just winning the Royal Rumble, there, it, it, it seemed like it, it was the easiest thing for them to do. And it just, it's disappointing that you do that on one of your top four shows. Uh, kind of, kind of a, a couple of things I just wanted to throw out there. First of all, um, so Paul Heyman spent about a year managing Roman while Brock was away. And when Brock came back, they kind of threw him back with him. Um, I, I'm guessing just to set up the swerve I, at this point, I don't really know. Um, but... Yeah, I, I think, you know what, I, I think Heyman was really effective with Roman Reigns, and I think it can be a good thing. Uh, Brock is a good guy, I think. You know what, he doesn't really need Paul to talk for him. Not that Roman does, it just, I don't know. Oh, I think, I think he does. It's an interesting dynamic. You don't think Brock is a good talker? I think he's pretty good. I really don't. I, I never thought Brock was any good, and I think the from from a, you know, cutting a promo, I mean, he's fantastic in the ring. He, I mean, God, he used to be one of the most entertaining guys in the ring you'd ever see. Like, yeah. he was feuding with, like, Kurt Angle back in the day. This guy was amazing. Um, but, no, he never blew me away on stick. And I thought that uh, pairing him with uh, with Heyman has been the best thing you could do with Brock Lesnar. You make him your unstoppable killing machine. I don't need Brock Lesnar trying to crack jokes because he's not funny. He's not good at it. So let Paul Heyman speak for him. Let him be. Let it be like an Undertaker and Paul Bearer kind of marriage. Let's stick with that uh, because now you couldn't get. You could pair somebody else with Roman. I think Roman actually has a, a little, very little, uh, bit more charisma than Brock does on the stick. Anyways, so I think he needs Heyman less. Uh, you know, I, to me it seems like a. I don't, know, I, I don't like the move. But what do I know? Okay, you were saying, Stro? Yeah, I I feel the same way about Ronda Rousey. I have so much love and respect for her and all she's done in the MMA world and going to the Olympics, which I've always always respect for any Olympic athlete. But she can't cut a promo, save her life. No. But she can can do everything else wonderful. And and, and Brock, oh, my God, the promo he did the other night with Flash was, I I would have to say, it was his best one, hands down. I I mean, um, mean, 
it's, it's come a long way in the promo department. I, I really like that they can't had Ronda come out angry and scowling and not, not smiling and waving at the crowd like she was the last time she was here. Uh, it just yeah, it's so much better. It, it fits for her. It, it, yeah. She looks miserable. She looks, she looks that's like she doesn't want to be there. She even, like, she took the shot at the crowd or whatever, you know, like, you know, I heard that reaction when I came out, but you guys aren't going to fool me again or whatever, and walked away angry. I, I thought it was great. Um, simple, understated, but angry. Angry. To me, when you're a performer that has a known personality before you stepped into the squared circle, like, you came in with certain baggage, those are people you can't turn into faces or heels. You either are what you are, what you are. And Ronda Rousey is a fucking heel. That woman is terrible. And and for her, I would never believe her as as a baby face. She she's awful. I love her real demeanor. Don't get me wrong. It's just uh, it's just the way she carried herself the other night. It was like it was just like going through the motions. It's like you know, yeah. I mean. I want I want the real Rousey. I want the heel Rousey that was the MMA star on top of the world, the champ and everything. But at the same time, I want the enthusiasm. Like, heck yeah, I'm ready to kick some ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I think it's very possible that Ronda Rousey's collecting a paycheck at this point. I mean, you know, she how long has she been gone from WWE? Um, two years. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, the money dries up eventually. Her husband's not fighting anymore. She's not fighting. They have a baby. Need a paycheck. Yes. Yes. Uh, A couple more things I just want to throw out there. I'm going to give out the phone line number as well. Uh, 914-338-1885. Malcolm, I see you waiting. We'll get to you real shortly, pal. Uh, First of all, and we've been talking about this guy for the last couple months. I think it's a shame. I'm I'm not necessarily saying that it's over, over, uh, but biggie. Biggie is now back on SmackDown. He's just a tag team guy again. They've dropped him from the title picture. He was supposed to be in the Mania main event. That was the original idea before Brock won the title. Now, I, I guess he's getting that New Day treatment again. You know, he's just going back to just being another guy. Um, I don't understand the point in switching his brand at this point when you kept him separate for so long. And furthermore, I don't understand if you're going to switch his brand, why you won't keep him in the title picture. I don't know. They spent a lot of time investing in the guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm far from being a great creative. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, you know, I'll get paid to be in the creative department. And, you know, they do what they do best. But it's just look, look how many people have been looked over here. I mean, you've had Seth Rollins, you had Big E, you, you've had like Riddle. We were talking about Riddle earlier. Yeah. All these, all these guys. I mean, it's I, I'm, I'm like you guys. It's their time to shine. It's their time to grab that brass ring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So, so the Big E conversation, I think, is is a separate conversation from like the Riddle conversation, and because, and I think this is a perfectly appropriate day <laughs> to have this conversation, given what's happening in the NFL right now with the Brian Flores lawsuit. There's a pattern at work here, you know, and there hasn't been a whole lot of of black guys that have been the WWE World Champion, and the ones that have don't repeat. You know, you get one run and then they bury it again. You know, I'm not saying – maybe I am saying – look, there's a definite level. What about Lashley? <laughs> what about Lashley? He just became champion. Is, 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 I'm sorry, is Lashley a multi-time champion? I don't know. I kind of missed out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. Well, I'll check it out last year. 
Yeah. But I'm thinking yeah. Kobe Kingston. I'm thinking Big E. I mean, you, know, you go all the way back to oh, Ron yeah, Simmons. Quick, yeah. You go back to Ron Simmons, the guy who only ever got one one title reign. It was WWE, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it, it's an industry wide problem, and and I think you're just seeing it further and further now that you know you give the guy the shine that he's not the greatest world champion of all time like The Rock. <laughs> Uh, he's not going to get a second bite of the apple. Right. I, and that could be. I mean, I, I don't know if that really played a part in it, but it certainly seems like uh, they wanted to go in a different direction, and I guess they felt like Big E couldn't be their guy for that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up, and we were talking about Riddle earlier, um, so uh, this is a funny story. I don't know if you guys ever heard this, but Vince McMahon, for all his – wealth of knowledge of everything WWE, as you can imagine. Um, it, he just sucks at pop culture. Have you guys heard this? So, like, when, when Razor Ramon came in, you remember Razor Ramon? You know, that this guy? He, he, uh, the bad guy. He, he, the bad guy. He was doing Star, Scarface. Vince McMahon loved it because he never saw Scarface. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was great. And then a similar story surfaces last year with Riddle. Vince McMahon never saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High, so he had no idea what Riddle was doing, but he thought it was hilarious. I think that's amazing. The the way to the top is to find a popular movie character, because you know Vince McMahon won't have seen any of them, and just ride it to the top. Simple. You know what, guys? I was thinking earlier today, why isn't... Why isn't there a guy named Bruno on the books cutting promos about how we don't talk about it? Yeah. What were you saying, Kathy? I just want to interject, okay? <clears throat> Woman's standpoint. Woman's view. Okay. <clears throat> Rhonda came out, just stone-faced in the rain, did what she did. <clears throat> okay. She looked like a girl I dated in college. Anyhow. Just like, Oh, you mean you're satisfied. Yeah, <laughs> I'm satisfied, yeah. I was being polite. <laughs> Sorry, Kathy. All right. Not that long ago, she had a baby. So did Becky. She probably, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted her to come back. You know, no one knows. I mean, I know they have a very success, su- yeah, successful farm, okay, where they raise goats and everything. And trust me, mm-hmm. there's I a lot goats. of money in there's a lot of money in goat milk, goat products, all healthy, all natural. Okay, trust okay. me, I know that. Where you get that with this? Second, both women. I mean, her and Becky can be not that long after having a baby. You know, there were 18 women in the Royal Rumble who had had babies this year. Not this year, but I yeah. mean, in this year's Rumble, yeah. 18 women were mothers. I want to see that one aggressive. man. <laughs> one man that will come back after delivering a child. Well, if I deliver a child, I guarantee you I'm not coming back. Because I don't you know how it's going coming anywhere. out, but it ain't going to be pretty. <laughs> I mean, Schwarzenegger had to make a movie about having a baby. <laughs> yeah. but I mean, I see, I see what Kathy's saying here, but but your other example, Kathy, you're using is, is Becky Lynch, who I think is far more interesting than Ronda Rousey, um, you know, Ronda's having, never having had also a come back. Ronda Rousey is MMA. She'll go out, she'll kick your ass. 
explain. Right. Simple. Do the exactly. And she couldn't even do that That's at the end. That's Ronda Rousey. Of USC. Okay. And that's, that's what she should, should be. She's an machine. Yeah, I mean, she, I like you said, she should never be a face. You should never try to throw her first out. Go ahead, Kevin. Second, I'd like to say congratulations. Dave Heath, Dan Grell, is getting married tomorrow. Oh, good All right. Good for him. Right. He's not waiting for Halloween this year? No. But think. Okay. Two, 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 two. Two, 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 two. Okay. okay. And sympathies, sympathies go out to um, Millstream um, Mill, Mike or something like that. Um, he's the equivalent, North Jersey, of Punxsutawney Phil. Never heard of him. The groundhog. Because he's a rogue. In North Jersey. He passed away? He died. Okay. Well, he so they oh, they do it tomorrow? Yeah, but they can't do anything because there's no babies. Babies can't aren't just like one of the one of the Millville, like, women or whatever? Pull one of them out and just hold them up? That was dead. Yes, I'm dead. Dead. You could have you just pulled the dead groundhog out. Nobody would know the difference. <laughs> I'm just playing. That's sad. That is sad. A poor groundhog. And everybody was talking about Poxitani Phil. I said, it's not mm-hmm. even Poxitani Phil. What about Gus? Get Gus. Second most uh, Gus is creepy now. Yeah. <laughs> Gus went animated, he creeped me out. I missed the old puppet Gus. I was fine with puppet Gus. Yeah. No, the animated one. And not only that, but he's that friend that just goes around and, like, they could be talking about cooking hamburgers, and he'll start talking about the lottery because he lives his job oh, yeah. and doesn't he's, care about it. He's annoying. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want he's to. He's a, a one-trick groundhog. He would, he would yeah, not be fun to have a Oh, no. Not, not fun to have Horrible. Horrible. Horrible groundhog. Horrible. Uh, but Kathy did kind of allude to a really good point. Uh, Matt, Matt Grimm actually made it earlier. Um, in that chat, we were talking, and um, so Ronda Rousey, Horrible baby face. We, I mean, we all can admit that. Just just better when she's angry, better just ass kicker, blah, blah, blah. And they're positioning her in a feud with either Charlotte Flair, who nobody likes, or in a feud with Becky Lynch, who everybody likes, but they're not supposed to like. And logically, from what I'm hearing, she's probably going to fight Charlotte. That's what it sounds like. So... Who do you cheer in that match? How do you get the fans to get behind one of them? There's a reason why they don't usually do, like, bad guy versus bad guy in these matches. It just doesn't work. Well, it's funny. I was While I was watching the Rumble, I was texting with our colleague, uh, the Hack, and, and asking him, I said, hey, in this Becky versus Dewdrop match, who's the face? I, I honestly didn't know. And, yeah. and he told me the Dewdrop was, and she got no reaction. No. And Becky was getting a face reaction. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. having having Becky Lynch as a heel, not a smart move. It, it, it's why are you going to continue trying to push that? It, it makes me think of like when, you know, when at, at his most hated, uh, John Cena. Why wouldn't you ever turn him heel? The, right. the fans were never going to embrace him, and you just kept pushing him as your baby face. And look, you know, ultimately, yes, he was a great baby face. 
But for for the yeah. longest time, they were just pushing the Rock uphill. Just, just yeah. let him be a let him be a heel for a while. He was a great heel when he was a fucking rap, you know, rapper. <laughs> and, and now we have a match that is WrestleMania worthy. That's going to be at the Elimination Chamber with Lita and Becky Lynch. I mean, I, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, in Saudi Arabia. That's going to be good. So yeah, no no thongs sticking out <laughs> for those who are interested. And, no, her not saying I was. Yeah. yeah. Including the one she has one on her lip, doesn't she? She's going to have to be careful. Everything's got to yeah, be I mean, covered. I just on principle. Every woman has to be covered yeah. from neck down. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. But Lula yeah. and Becky, man, what a match it's going to be. Oh, wow. for sure. For sure. But, like, you know, when you look at Becky and we talk about, like, she, she, should she be bad? I, I think that the only reason that they did that um, was to make Bianca Bell. I, I think in the turn and the, at the time when they did it, when they when they brought Becky out and they had her beat Bianca real fast at SummerSlam, it was like that entire arc was designed to make Bianca Belair a better, a bigger star when it was over. And now, as we get toward the climax of what would be that arc, Becky versus Bianca at WrestleMania, where Bianca wins the belt back. I'm not sure that that's the right move. If you're long-term positioning Becky to be that big star that's going to fight Ronda Rousey down the line, potentially at the next major pay-per-view, I don't know that you want to have her losing to Bianca Belair. I, I, I think it would be smarter to get the belt off of Becky and find another way to get it back on Bianca. That's just my opinion. But I, I, just, I, I struggle to see how that's beneficial to her. I mean, going back to Lita, she was fantastic, man. My God, it looks great. Sure, sure, sure. And um, but I'm I'm more excited about this, even though it's where it's at, per se. I mean, I'm I'm really excited about that match, and I'm thinking to myself, why in the hell can that have been a mania type match? Well, and and speaking of uh, women in the Hall of Fame that that can still work, I mean, Beth Phoenix looked great out there. Beth Phoenix yeah, is still able to put on a great match. She sure is. incredibly talented. I would almost say bring her back full-time. I love yeah. it. It's, it's, it's been a great – it was a great show for the women who used to be stars, who have kind of left the limelight to be, have children. Mickey James is another one. You know, they were, yeah, they were all over great. that show, and they did a great job. Michelle McCool was another one. Um, they were a bunch. I do. How cool is it for Impact for Mickey James to do what he, she did the other night on at the Rumble? And that, I mean, was that was cool. History. Yeah, that was yeah. You never see that. First of all, with the TNA theme, uh, with the TNA belt, uh, Impact. I'm sorry, with the Impact stuff. I, it's it's you you've never it's seen WWE. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but it, you never see that with WWE. You know, because usually the number one company doesn't need to acknowledge numbers two and three. Well, and that's it. We had this discussion a couple of weeks ago. They've never been in a situation where they had to do this. You know, it's never, you know, they've never been, you know, financially insecure. I mean, I possibly, there's nothing but rumors all the time now about how Vince is looking to sell. And, you know, from what I can see, Vince is probably looking to die soon. So he probably is looking to offload the company. But, you know, they've never, they haven't been in a, in a situation, I think, this dire financially. And granted, they're still pretty wealthy, I would assume. But 
there's, there's, they've never been in a situation where they had to acknowledge the competition and they had to partner with somebody right. since, you know, what, 1985? I mean, yeah. you know, it's well, been that long. ECW, you know? That's the only thing well, I can think of. Life. I mean, I it's guess. Like life. Even mom, mom, mamas are proven to be the hardest workers in the room, and it's proven that in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know what, it raises an interesting point in Excuse me, my topic for tonight, I, I just wanted to kind of touch on it. We're also going to bring on Malcolm in a second. Um, so the reaction, WWE, this Royal Rumble, uh, some people said it was good. Some people said it was bad. But by and large, I think most people think that there's a lot of room for WWE to improve. And I was wondering uh, if there's one measure that you could take to make WWE better, even if it's not a practical one that they could actually go out and do right now, um, like, for example, when I posted this kind of earlier on social media, the resounding answer was bring back The Rock and it'll fix everything. That could be true. That could be true. That, that's not a bad idea. Um, but I'm curious what you guys think. Is there any, like, kind of change that WWE could make tomorrow, even if it's not really realistically a change that they could make, that would improve everything? The answer for me is obvious. They produce way too much content and they are stretched way too thin. I think if Raw were an hour and SmackDown were an hour – the shows would be so much better, and they also wouldn't need those huge rosters. To me, that, that would yeah, no, change I mean, almost everything. I'm, I'm right along the same lines with you, Brady. As a matter of fact, I mean, I would say, look, I'll take two hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown. Yes. That's fine. Yes. But, you know, I don't need any of the other ancillary content. I don't need NXT. You can roll those guys into Raw and SmackDown if you've got them on your roster anyway. And you know what? I've been saying this for for a long time about the UFC. And I've been saying it for a long time about WWE. I don't need 12 to 13 pay-per-views or premium events per year. They're not special anymore. Right. I mean, at this point, the only special event that WWE really has is WrestleMania. And even that is just coasting on name value. But the Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber and Judgment Day or whatever the hell else pay-per-views you're running are all the same. The, The only thing that ever makes one stand out from the other anymore is if you have a case where you've got a special match tied to it, like Royal Rumble or Survivor Series or whatever. But aside from that, the impact of what happens in those matches or in those shows is exactly the same. So you're just flooding with content that you don't need, and it makes you rush through storylines. It's so much easier if you pare it back down to four pay-per-views a year or five premium events or whatever. You can let your storylines breathe a little more. You can build things up and let things come to a natural conclusion instead of just forcing everything down because now you're just, you know, when previously you could have gotten through a year pushing two major storylines, you know, per per talent, now you've got to up that. You've got to find more storylines for them because you've run yeah. through everything so much quicker. Yeah. It used to be they would plan a whole year for WrestleMania. Now I don't even think you know what they're going to do on the Raw side a couple of weeks from the show, you know? I mean, realistically, I think it's about eight weeks or whatever it is, you know? And they, they don't know what they're going to do at this point. Yeah, they're going to have to figure it out. I hope it's Orton and Riddle. I think that would be cool. But, um, yeah, the, the problem is your idea, like my idea, takes money out of their pockets. So they're not going to make those changes. Because, like, whether we oh, no, or not, now. Whether we like it or not, they're they're more successful than they've ever been in terms of 
the amount of money that they pull in. It's interesting. I wonder now, and and the Peacock thing makes things a little different, but if you turn back the clock a couple of years um, and and you would introduce the WWE Network and it was, you know, all your pay-per-views are going to be found on the network, and and under that model, it's like the UFC with ESPN+. You're getting paid a carrier rate now to put on a show. There's no incentive to put on a great show. You're getting paid the same amount either way. You don't have to sell pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you were on that $10 a month subscription model with WWE Network and you were going to be giving away 12 pay-per-views, the only difference between doing 12 pay-per-views and four pay-per-views back then was just the individual gate at, at the arena. Yeah. Gate revenue yeah. isn't something to be, you know, turning your nose up at, but it's also not Super Bowl gate revenue. It's not on the same level. So you can do eight fewer shows a year and still make them up in, in house shows where you're still going to basically sell out house shows. You know, I'm not saying you got to cut back the schedule. I'm saying you need to, although you probably should cut back the schedule for the for the uh, the health and safety of your workers, but that's a different story altogether. Um, what I'm saying is if you cut down your schedule of what you're putting on TV, then you can, again, just let things breathe a little more. Yeah, and in that yeah. case, you were getting paid the big amount. Now, I'm sure with, with Peacock's deal, there obviously is, you know, language that, hey, you have to do 12 major shows a year, so you're kind of – it's impossible now to cut that schedule back. It's never right, exactly, exactly. And there's less in ta- and there's less incentive, excuse me, for the talent to go all out either because they're getting paid the same either way. One of the big reasons that CM Punk left back in 2014, and a lot of people don't want to talk about it, is because they were cutting the pay-per-view bonuses because they were shifting over to the network. When you're not making $50 a pop or more on these pay-per-views, it makes it very hard to give people pay-per-view bonuses when they do really well selling. So, of course, the talent, now that it, it's like uh, it's like more of like a, like a commie model, Kathy. You know, everybody gets everybody gets paid the same regardless of what they do. Although so I would argue, Brady, that under the there, new... The entrance for SmackDown was a big fist. Yeah? Yes. You remember that? Yeah. Not many people know. They took money out of all the wrestlers' pay for that. Unreal. That doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right. Now, is, 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 yeah, is, is the word going around? I read something the other day about they struck some type of deal with Disney. Uh, have you heard any more about that? As far as uh, yeah. some, there's I, a new deal for like uh, doing different events, et cetera. I haven't heard that. WWE Network. Okay, Disney takes exclusive WWE Network streaming rights in Indonesia. A potential Uh, preview. So basically, they're going to handle the WWE Network like Peacock, just overseas Uh in some countries. Okay. Okay. Which is interesting. It's interesting, though, for the mouse to get involved with WWE. Even if it's only overseas, I wonder what kind of impact on content that's going to bring, because they don't—they don't like to put anything even remotely racy on on a Disney property. You know, you, you're not going to yeah. see it on Disney Plus. You know, I mean, not that I would consider the current WWE model racy, but 
you know. So you won't have Vince McMahon calling Booker T the N word. Is that what you're saying? Not I mean, that's a positive about the deal. <laughs> that's that's probably a plus to the deal. But, yeah, you know, probably. Uh, I, probably. I wonder yeah. if I wonder if uh, Disney Plus is going to carry like what Survivor Series '98? Was it Survivor Series '98 where Gable had the the handprints on her fits? Oh, I don't remember when it was, but. <laughs> or might have been, been, been King of the Ring, actually. Might have been King of the Ring 98. That sounds but, like uh, Whatever it was. Maybe. Whatever it was, I don't think that's going to show up on with a little Disney logo in the in the bottom corner. You get, like, the two little mouses, you know, the mice, you know. is the number to call in tonight. Let's go to the phones. Let's bring on Malcolm. And we'll see what's going on in his little world. What, what's going on, dude? How you doing, brother? My little world? <laughs> hey, um, right before <laughs> I start, I called Thursday, and I was, I forgot to mention last week, on Tuesday, I got so wrapped up in everything, Papa Stroh's birthday was, was Wednesday. I thought it was Friday, a week after Mike's on the 28th, but it's on the 26th. So I'll remember that, Papa Stroh. I got it noted down. But... I was at this really cool restaurant here on North um, Northwoods Boulevard, and um, it's called um, the Red Crab. No, okay. it's Red Crab, okay. and there's this really nice waitress. She, I had a girl like from she college me, that gave me that. She kept me love. She said, what do you want, love? I mean, she, I like that. You know, that was respectful, you know. And yeah. I had some fried catfish and some fried shrimp. And I told Papa Stroh, if you were there with me, I would buy you dinner for your birthday. I mean, I must Did have you get spent crabs? $25. No, I didn't get crabs. No. Good. That's good. Uh, protected guys yourself. Got, guys got those over in uh, – guys got those over it in Massachusetts because they weren't washing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Brady, um, uh, I'll tell you what. Um, I can't wait to do this virtual video chat with Hulk Hogan. Um, Ron Howard's got it all set up. I think you gonna I'm going to fly down. Oh, I'm going to fly down to the, his beach shop in Orlando. I'm ask Ron if I could do it right there in the beach shop. All that Ron, Ron that Howard. That, he's a director, isn't he, Ron Howard? No, he's like a pretty a, big deal. A guy. Yeah, this is a guy. He's um, a friend of Hulk Hogan's. He runs a beach shop for me in Clearwater, Florida, and Orlando. Oh, okay. I've okay. been to the one in Orlando. No, the director of Orlando. Not 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 that'll be from Andy Griffith show. I got you. Richie <laughs> Cunningham from the Happy Days. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I I told him that. I told Ronnie Howard the last time I met him uh, back in October October twenty seventh two thousand eighteen when I was down there. I said, Ronnie Howard, I said, are you any relation to Richie Cunningham? And he like laughed at me. And uh, Ronnie Howard, <laughs> really, I call him Ron Mania because he's a good friend of Hulk, and I called him Ron Mania. You know, like I'm gonna call Patrick, Patrick Mania, and I'm gonna call Kevin, Kevin Mania because I respect you guys. I called just because I had a really bad week, and so far, and I like talking to you guys. I'm sorry it to hear that. Give me a chance I'm to talk to my friends. And Kathy, I'm sorry, Kathy. I I forgot to mention you last week. I want to make sure I mentioned you. But I'll tell you what, guys, I'm not into wrestling for the dating game. I'm into wrestling for the competition, man. I, I like, oh, I I like Pat game. Patterson and, 
And <laughs> I like Pat Patterson and Rocky Johnson against the great Mephisto and crazy Luke Graham or the masked interns when I was a kid in the 70s, you know. And um, that's, that's, uh, that's how I am. I'm, uh, I've always had my heroes, you know, like Randy Travis. Are you a Dan Howden fan? Isn't it? What's his name? Uh, who is it? Or whatever. You know who I mean? No. Sure. Oh. Do you know who I mean? The guy on AEW, Dan Dan Housen. Dan Housen. Yeah, he made his that debut. That guy's amazing. On AEW the other week, yeah. Yeah, I had seen him on Ring of Honor a couple of times. He's funny. Yeah. He looks like, like uh, Columbia. Yeah. He'll, he'll be with Adam before you know it. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. it's access. He's kind of cool. Hey, Brady, they're coming up to Columbia. Adam told me this last Wednesday. He was out here. He had to pick up a tote because my social worker, we were cleaning out my room, and he loaded Jessica's tote with her bras and everything. And Adam had to come out here and get him because she wouldn't have had anything to wear, you know, the next was day. Was it a heavy tote? Uh, no, I was lightweight, but okay, Jessica, good, good, you know, good. I, was, okay. I was concerned about it. Sounds very heavy. You know, they you females, they need those things, you know. What you gonna do? We don't need them to be here. Runs wild on you, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting close to radio. I can Malcolm. feel it, man. <sighs> hey, Malcolm, brother, let me ask you. you: what What were your thoughts? What were your thoughts on Brock going over in the Rumble Mountain? I like the whole Royal Rumble. I mean, I look at it like this, guys. You're not gonna get me. You know, they put on, they train. They put on a show for us. They do the best job they can. We can't expect every every uh, wrestling match like in the sports to turn out like Super Bowl 23 when Joe Montana threw the pass to John Taylor, and and then it ends up like Dallas blew out Darn. Buffalo in in Super Bowl. What was it? Uh, I, I I'm trying to remember Super Bowl. There was Super Bowl 23. I, I see where you're, yeah. Malcolm. I, I see where you're going with this, but the Joe Burrow game was better booked than anything on the Royal Rumble show. Well, you know, right I, down to him Ryan turning the ball over with 13 yeah. seconds left. Guys, so 13 Ronda seconds Rousey, in, he you know turned the ball over. I like I like Ronda Rousey, and I'll tell you why. She's a good friend of Roddy Piper's family, and I yeah. I loved Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper was my best friend when he was alive. He's not. I told Hulk Hogan I'm more like Roddy Piper than I am like Hulk Hogan. I do the impression of you, but he I'm probably more like wasn't Roddy offended Piper. by that either. Like yeah, yeah, he wasn't. He, I mean, he's yeah, like Roddy Piper's before. You know, Rhonda wears uh, Roddy Piper's original jacket. I didn't. I didn't know that. But I yeah, love the shirt. Yeah, the family the gave it to I don't know if she wore his skirt or or if that was hers. I'm not sure. But definitely the jacket. I'm not sure about the, the kilt. The skirt. Maybe the heat master right here. The heat master. Good Lord. It's a kilt. It's a symbol of excellence. Scottish excellence. It is a symbol of excellence. In high school, I used to love those kilts. Come up there and smash you with a coconut, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking with you guys. I mean, it's it's just great listening to you guys before you put me on and I hear all your insight. And I think the show oh, is much man. more improved than it used to be. But I heard you talking about Maniac Matt Grimm. That's because I'm here. You call Maniac Matt. 
Did I say hello? I still remember him I will. from the past. Yeah, yeah, Matt had a baby, yeah. so so he'll be back oh, cool. hopefully at some point. Yeah, he has a daughter now. Yeah. So. And his wife, Tim. I don't know his wife, but congrats to both of them, and I hope it's a good one. And uh, I was hoping Mike would come on. Oh, me too. I miss Mike. I miss Mike. Mike. It sounds like he's really busy with the parish stuff, though. Oh, yeah, he is. He's he's so dedicated. He's more dedicated to God than I am. You know, I'm dedicated to God, but not like him, you know. I think Mike is more dedicated to God than Jesus is. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that, but Mike (laughs) is definitely, he's spiritual to the mass. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he makes yeah. me, you know, I look like, uh, you know, a clumsy uh, student starting out compared to Mike. He's a scholar when it comes to religion. Oh, you know, I, I got to say that about Mike. But, you know, yeah, Mike, so good, brother. He, hasn't had all the, he hasn't had all the breaks, you know, met the people I've met. He was, he was asking me, do you want to go to another Hollywood show in the future? Because he went to one with me in April of 2017. And we met a lot of stars okay. that Mike, a lot of ladies, Mike, like Martha Smith, Tanya Robertson, Charlie yeah, Mike Angels, likes the women's Deanna Lund yep. from Land of the Giants. He was real excited. He, I think he liked meeting the ladies more than anything. I mean, he, and they were flirting with him, too. He was really enjoying that. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and if I could do that for him again, I'm going to do it for him because I've met enough celebrities in my life. You know, and, uh, you know I, I, I just don't have the urge, you know, to go out there right now. My urge is to do that video, virtual video chat with the champ. I, I, guys, I go. can't wait, man. I got stuff in the I'm going to hold up. Roddy Piper. Could I? I mean, I got the macho, macho man uh, represented. I mean, I, I'm going to put it across for the champ. I mean, talk to Ronnie Hardy. Say, can how you, do you want me to do the virtual? Oh, go ahead, Brady. Can you do can you do it? Can you do a Ric Flair impression for us before we let you go? I can't do Ric Flair, but there is one guy in. Oh, you do him so good. After I met him, you do Ric there Flair is so one good. Guy I met him. Yeah, I'll try him again, but I want to do this guy first, Patrick and Kevin. You haven't okay, heard this. That's fine. Stroh and, and Brady and, and and Kathy have heard it, but I met this guy at the Call for Ali Club. He was getting the Iron Man Award, and I was nervous meeting him because he's such a tough guy. Uh, he's known as the rattlesnake stone called Steve Austin. And I like oh, okay. Steve. I, I like I heard the heard of that, yeah. Steve Austin with the yeah. Dangerous yeah. Alliance. Well, well, it goes something like this. Well, Patrick and Kevin are two of the baddest WWE superstars and champions. Sounds like a road dog. And that's the bottom line. Oh, you didn't know? Stone Cold Fetso. You know, you sound like I mean, you sent me over. I'm down you sound like Stone Cold E.T. Have you ever seen that guy? Yeah, I love that dude. Guy goes through the drive through in the E.T. mask doing Stone Cold. That's what you sound like. That's all following. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Guys, we were doing a podcast. My brother was How do you know he's not January. Stone Cold E.T.? <laughs> he might be. January 2020. Stro, was he Stone Cold E.T.? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you don't see him in the mask Stone Cold E.T., do you? I am. Uh, I um I have only heard I have only heard about the energy that changes at a convention when Malcolm walks into a room. <laughs> you gotta see it, right? Well, don't uh, worry, Brady. You'll get. I got to You gotta be there live. <laughs> yeah, 
Can we get a Ric Flair? Try to do a Ric Flair for me. I meet you guys. I'm going to throw out for you. I'm throwing down for you guys because I really like all you guys. I really do. I love you, brother. I I just want to tell you, um, we did this. um, I called David Arquette, my friend, the actor. And I've known Dave since uh, we were at the uh, 350, um, the movie by Evan Ginsberg of that documentary. I was a documentary about old professional wrestlers like Bret Hart and J.J. Dillon and Wendy Richter and Ox Baker. And I met Drew with all the legendary wrestler that time. We were at the Grumman's Chinese Theater. But I've known Dave since then. Me and Dave have hooked up a lot of places, especially in Las Vegas. And Dave, he called, I called him up. I asked him to pray for my brother. And guess he was doing a podcast with Steve Austin. And I said, he's a stunning Steve Austin. and Steve goes, so I, I get on the phone and I do my impression for Steve. I said, I did a Hogan for you at the call for, I want to do one of you. And he goes, what? Like that. <laughs> me and Dave and Steve all started laughing. <laughs> I, I think the world is Steve. I really do because he took, I mean, uh, he had some great matches in the WWE. But, man, he was in the war games. He had he, matches against Ricky Steamboat. It was Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat that helped me meet Steve Austin, him and Kirk White put the word in for me. You know, and he had matches wow. with Sting. He teamed up with Larry Zabisco, the Cruncher. They were a tag team with Bobby Eaton. The Cruncher. And, uh, Arnie Anderson were, were the other <laughs> tag team. Yeah, the Cruncher, man. I, I met Larry Zabisco. He's a I great remember, guy. Man. I like Cruncher. Larry. Larry Lance. Can you do a Larry Larry Lance? Lance. Yeah, I love the Cruncher. Guys, I'm not, I'm not good at it. You're good at it. Listen. You're really good at it. Knock it off. Well, <laughs> excuse me. Brady, what you got to realize is the nature boy is all lie. And diamonds are forever. And so is Ric Flair. And I kiss all the women and as girls and make or kiss all the girls and make women out of them, or however you used to do that. I, I can't do this, Blair. <laughs> You're right. You I mean, do I, you used to be able to. Yeah, no, you know what? You used to be able to Brady, do it, Blair. Brady, Brady <laughs> can I happened? do? I'm sorry, guys. You know, I just, I got to work on Sean Michael. I want to do, I want to do, when do you're living I know, in the one. I met Road Warrior Animal. I want to do Road Can I do Road Warrior Hawk, Brady? Yeah, I never did Road Warrior Hawk, but I did it for him. Then we're going to let you go, Malcolm. Yeah. For now. The natural disasters, they like throwing their weight around. That's all right. <laughs> we like throwing your weight around, too. I gotta trust you. Do any more, better than do any more impressions. I'm gonna do a prod. Keep all over the place. <laughs> I love you, man. I'm working on the big, I'm working on the big boss. We really man. missed you. I'm working on and Shawn Michaels and the big boss, man. I'm working on them. Well, yeah. so, but I need we got something to for for next week, brother. <laughs> yeah. When hey Brady, I'm going to acting school. Then I'll be able to work with other actors and, and learn how to do more impressions for people. So yeah. I'm, I'm just, a, I'm good, just a student, guys. Okay. Uh, you gotta, you gotta get him, David Arquette. Get him to call back in. I'll get Dave to call. 
Um, he's busy doing a movie, he told me right now. I think he's in New York. Ah, that's nonsense. On, Can't be more important than this. He a clown. He was working as a character as a clown in some movie, and he's going to inform me when he finishes it about everything. He's busy <laughs> right now. But, yeah. But all is, is, is he still in Vegas? great guy, too. Is I he in Vegas? David Mania, Arquette City. Huh? <laughs> All right, bro. David <laughs> Please call back now. I would love you very much. You got it, guys. I would right? <laughs> See you, brother. You know, Malcolm, one time, he uh, he got David Ar- We all, because he was talking about how he's friends with him, Kevin, and none of us believed him. And then he got David Arquette to call in to Stroh's show. And all the callers were, like, throwing their panties at him, asking him questions. It was the most amazing thing in the world. <laughs> Am I not right, Show? Oh, it was crazy, a, man. There was some major, major throwing going on there. So, uh, <laughs> I love Malcolm. I do. Uh, Tor, I see we got you. We'll get you on the other side. Please step out of the bar when I bring you on, though, because you always got that loud music playing. And that yeah. can be my cue to uh, to take off for the evening, fellas. So, as always, it's been great joining you here in the room. Brady, Stroh, Kathy, all of you, I'll be back next week. But uh, until then, good night. See you, Kevin. Kevin take care, brother. All right. And that was Killer Kevin Brady. Right now we're going to take a commercial break. Sorry, hardcore Kevin Brady, not Killer Kevin. Killer Kev's a different guy, different network, all that jazz. Uh, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. And on the other side, we're going to bring on Tora. We're going to talk some more Royal Rumble. And uh, we'll see what happens. Usually things pan out really well when I don't plan a whole lot. So you can get excited. Uh, 914-338-1885 yeah. is in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. And we'll be right Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Hey, guys, before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made with a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews, it features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. Each week, you can join the amazing Velvet as well as Dr. John as they host this jam-packed hour of interviews, pro wrestling news, and entertaining guests. It's an hour you don't want to miss. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com, and it'll take you to their Facebook page where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of Pro Wrestling Interviews. That's Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, ProWrestlingInterviews.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kazzy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein with the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. 
VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hick, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Nick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... Well, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. He's still after, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, vocnation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Gentlemen, we're back. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, right here on VOCNation.com, as well as your favorite podcast platforms. 
Brady Hicks here. I've got with me Kathy and Stro, and we're talking the Royal Rumble and all that jazz, how you can maybe fix WWE, and whatever else you guys want to talk about tonight, wrestling-wise or, or life, you know. Whatever, whatever you're feeling, well, we, we got you right here. Uh, the number to call in, 914-338-1885. Once again, 914-338-1885. And uh, before we jump back into the meat of the conversation, uh, tell us, Joe, uh, I'm on faded breath here. What do you got going on this week, brother? Oh, man. This Thursday night, WCW Retro returns on VOCMix.com, not the Amusement Standard Time. And we're going to be talking about the most underrated in pro wrestling. So if you got a, a favorite underrated star you're liking, you'd like to talk about, call in, please. Then Friday night, I'm a hard side show, show the show zone at midnight Eastern Standard Time. On my Facebook page, facebook.com slash show the maestro, uh, the feature will be Phantom. The Phantom, a thousand leads back in the day. So please tune in. Very cool. I got a good underrated one for you, actually. Um, and it's somebody awesome. that I thought for a long time, and, like, he was always kind of there. And, like, I know back in the day he clashed with the click a little bit. Uh, so, like, there were always some issues there where, like, he never quite got to where he could have been, I thought. But he spent major time in both companies. And later on, he kind of reinvented himself in Ring of Honor. I'm talking about PCL. Pierre. Yeah. yeah. That guy is an underrated guy. And if you think yes, he accomplished everything he did with only one eye. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. And if you look at him yeah. now, he looks better than he did before. He did. Yeah, oh, he, he, he reinvented himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's finally getting, I think, that recognition that he always deserved all along. I mean, God, 25 years. Yeah, probably more than 25 yeah. years ago at this point. More like 27 wow. or 28 years he's been going like that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And And all those issues with WWF supposedly just because... He didn't want to lose to Kevin Nash in Montreal one time because they were promoting a show there the next month. Uh, and I guess wow. Nash was the champion, so he wasn't happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always been know. a big fan of his. He's, He's a really great guy, too. Yeah. We had him on the show a couple of years ago. He was amazing. He was uh, he was there with me, I think, uh, when uh, Benoit and I tried out with WWE years ago. Really? Yeah. Great dude, man. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. And, uh, yeah, even just, like, his tag work, like, with the Quebecers and stuff. Like, he was just so good. Oh, yes. You know, he was, yeah. I, was, I, was a a I was I was a fan of the Quebecers, really. I, I liked him. He was an agile big guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, because now he just looks like a jack dude. But back then, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the guy reinvented himself, for sure, so. Yeah. I have to reach out to him, see how he's doing. It's been a little while. It's cool to hear from him. Yeah. Yeah, good old PCL. He's actually, they're doing, I don't know if you've been watching Impact, but they've been doing like a Ring of Honor invasion mm-hmm. in Impact. Yeah. And he's been part of that. It's like... Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, it's Mike Bennett and um, Matt Taven and Maria and PCL. And there's like one or two other people involved as well. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. 
They actually had Carrie Silken on the last episode. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. But if they win their match at the pay-per-view, then the Ring of Honor people can stick around at Impact. So I think they're going to be cool. sticking around. Yeah. By the way, speaking of and Ring Impact of Honor, I did want to – Yeah, they're doing a two-night thing, right? Yep. March in, March in the month of March for all the conventions – it's going to be yeah. nuts. Oh, it's going to be insane, yeah. I have to see the because event. I'm going to be traveling some for work. but mm-hmm. The big event in New York, um, Icons in Philly, Battlefield that night. The um, And then, um, tell me, there's another one, and Impact. And Impact, yeah. And there's more than that, I think. But that they're they're the ones that kind of jump out at me. And um, yeah. you know, speaking of Ring of Honor, they're supposed to be making their return in March, supposedly. And uh, they announced that they're going to be doing a Hall of Fame induction. I think it was March 5th or something. So they're still yeah. around. Yeah, they're inducting the Briscoes, I believe, for their first and class for the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Very well. For sure, for sure. And they're not going to be the only ones, but those guys have been on every show. Yeah. So. I, I like the, I like them boys. You know, they're not always they're aesthetically good. pleasing, but they're they're good guys. Actually, their aesthetically no, pleasing promo is one of my favorite promos ever. When they talk, show, did you ever see it? They're talking about oh, yeah. why, why they never go to WWF because they weren't aesthetically pleasing. Oh, their promos are great, man. I love those. They're promos. great. Yeah. Yeah. I, man, I, why don't why isn't I, I, it just baffles me why AEW don't jump on them, man? I mean, they're like one of the best teams out there. I still think they're going to. I actually heard like two months ago that like AEW wanted like some footage on them for something. So I assume that at some point they're going to be bringing them in. But I I don't know. Maybe that felt real. Um. Uh. I don't know. I remember once when I first started with Pro Wrestling Illustrated, I went to the Armory in Northeast Philly, kind of like, and that's like a big like uh, venue for like a lot of the early Ring of Honor shows, you know. And um, they had this brawl, and I don't remember. It was the Briscoes against Necro Butcher and somebody else, and I don't remember who it was. Kathy, you were probably at that show too. Um, yeah. But but I was seated next to the Bristow's dad, and I didn't know that he was their dad. They were just like all these bikers. And at one point, I cheered for Necro Butcher, and this guy shot me a look like he would have killed me on the spot. Mm-hmm. And I just had no idea. I just had no idea that that was their dad. Wow. I've hung out, I've hung out with Necro Butcher a few times, man. Oh, yeah, me, me too, yeah. I remember like, we used to go. we used to go to the bar after like Ring of Honor shows when they were doing the HDNet tapings, and that was like that yeah. was really that was really how I became friendly with like Adam Pierce and and, um, and um, uh, Austin Aries, and and there were a bunch of those guys from like that time period. What's the other one? Um, I can't think of his name, but he was in WWF too. Mm-hmm. Brent Albright. So anyway, there was a bunch okay, of them. Okay, yeah, Brent, yeah. A bunch of them. So, like, we would always go to the same bar after, and the HDNet, they would roll into town once a month. So we always met at this bar. And I got so friendly with a lot of those guys back then. 
And, uh, yeah, like, I can remember Necro Butcher coming in, and he didn't want to hang out at the bar. He would just buy his, like, six-pack of Natty Ice or whatever and then leave. Yeah. Or Milwaukee, whatever it was. That might have been old Milwaukee. Right. Um, yeah. Great times. Great times. It's the kind of stuff I can't do anymore, Kathy, now that I'm half dead. Please. I, I got I to gotta choose my bookings carefully. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, 914-338-1885. Let's go to the phones. No, not Malcolm. Sorry, Malcolm. I'll get back to you, though, later on if you're still on and we have time. But uh, we're going to go to Tora right now. And uh, Tora, of course, uh, we, were all, we, we were all surprised to see her, Stro. She actually was in the Women's Royal Rumble. She was the 31st entrant. I don't know if you saw her. Um, but she was there in St. Louis, hometown crowd. Um, she actually knocked out Molly Holly. I, I, you might have missed it. It was after oh, the cameras went off here. Yeah, well, she, that's how fast she strikes. So, what's going on, Tora? That's amazing. Oh, nothing much. We're about to get rain and snow down here. We're about to get 12 inches of snow. I would have given you 12 inches of snow. I got it out front right now. Mm-hmm. You want it? I guess so. Okay. It's not supposed to snow, isn't it? Like, like you live in the south. Like, they don't get snow where the Waffle Houses are, do they? Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about, like, when a tornado brings snow. I mean, like, do you ever get, like, snowstorms, really? Mm-hmm. Yep, it's going to be worse. What's the worse. snow you ever had? Probably. i say eight inches. Like I had eight inches. Okay. Okay. Well, I call that a good day, so... Ah, uh, Tora. Did you uh, did you have a chance to watch the Royal Rumble? Yeah. What do you think? It was crazy. I I kind of got confused of who was going to win. Did you think Randy Orton was going to win? Because I was thinking that there for a little bit. Yeah. Does the crowd like Randy Orton there, or is it like we're embarrassed by him because he's kind of a jerk sometimes? Mm-hmm. Which one is it? Do they like him or do they hate him? They like him because he's hometown. Okay. 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 Would you have been happy if Riddle won? Do you like Riddle? Yeah, he's cool. You know, Riddle, I think he must be smoking something to her. He always sounds it. Mm-hmm. Oh, to her. What are you going <laughs> to do when it snows? Do you shovel it or do you just get out like a flamethrower? I'm probably going to stay in. Probably going to stay in. No, my my landlord has shoveled it. Oh, okay. All right, good. Good for you. My landlord makes me shovel. 
Mm. And if I back talk her, she'll make me go out there without a coat and shovel. Oh, no. That's <laughs> not good. Like you know, it's bad like Shawshank Shank Redemption trying to get out of your right. house. Right. Right. Yeah. One time to her, oh, one time to her, she made me shovel without a shirt on. Mm. I didn't really see the point. I was like, Kelly, why are you doing this to me? She said, shut up and shovel. <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Did you have a favorite moment from the Rumble tour? The favorite moment was probably probably when um when Molly Holly got taken out and and she was using the microphone and still was talking. That did make me laugh. Yeah, that did. Yeah. They, they both made me laugh when when Nikki asked. When Nikki, when Nikki almost the superhero took out Molly Holly, that was funny. I, uh-huh. I did laugh at that. I was really surprised. Like, was I, how, I was thinking, like, I wonder how Nikki's going to react to that. And then, like, she just popped out and started hitting her. That was funny. And then the Rhea Ripley thing with, like, right to censor. I thought that was really good. I, uh, oh, yeah. Very effective use of legends. And I know some people were complaining, like, like Matt was complaining in our chat because eighteen of the women, like, weren't on the roster. But like, I don't know. Maybe that's why I enjoyed it because it was cool to kind of see all those people come back. Mm-hmm. Just had mm-hmm. a neat feel. That's mm-hmm. what made the women's rebel this year. You know, with me, with yeah. all the returns. Yeah. Yeah. And the men's rumble, like, I don't know. Like, I kind of felt like. I fell asleep during the men's rumble. Did you? It, to me, it felt like a lack of talent almost. Like it was like it was a lot of like tag team guys and people that you didn't think they would really have a shot of winning. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It, it was just, I don't know with the men. It was just like I mean, there were some talented people. Don't get me wrong, but it was just like uh, you know, you didn't up to that point. You didn't even see a lot of these guys really hyping up being in the Rumble, you know what I mean? No, no. You know what I'm saying? Like back in the day, they would make a huge deal out of that, just being in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you hear that Shane McMahon, in addition to being a final, like one of the final guys in there, he was also the producer for the match? Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I guess that's effective producing if you book yourself to almost win it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with, with him being in it, I mean, I don't know. Rather than be a surprise, you would think that they're going to cool angle with him, like, weeks prior, you know, pushing that and he has a, a viable chance of winning the Rumble, you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, I don't know that. Too many surprises. Yeah. Yeah, the Undertaker. Like, and they weren't bad. worthwhile surprises. Like, who? Oh, the Undertaker. Yeah, I mean, he was backstage. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, they had surprises, but the surprises weren't like. Like, there were no, like, legends in the men's one. There was no, like. Like, I think the biggest surprise for me was Drew McIntyre because they said he'd be out for a long time. 
And then he was like back after a couple weeks. So like for me, that was the only like positive surprise that came out of the men's Royal Rumble match. The rest of it was just like their surprises were people that I wouldn't really have looked for anyway. Yeah. So out to her. I don't know. Anything else? Um All I know is that when after when I heard that Brock Lesnar had won, I yeah. still had dozed off and went to sleep and got back up and I was like, "What the heck just happened here?" And I didn't right. realize that Yeah, and even if you were having a fever dream, you probably could have booked it a little better. I mean, because it was it was six and a half hours. If I would have been down at the dome, I probably would have been sleeping at the dome. I thought it was seven and a half hours. No, it was six and a half. Did you hear that at WrestleMania this year that um, they're actually going to start it on Friday night and just have it go straight through to Monday night like a, like a telethon? They might not even have sure. WrestleMania. They, they might no, bring it to St. Louis. Jerry Lewis will host it. It'll be a it'll be a forty eight hours, seventy two hours. It'll be good. Guest host. All right, Tora. It's been mm-hmm. real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take care of your daughter. Stay warm. Oh, I will. Don't let the eight in- Don't let those eight inches hold you down, Tora. Oh, I won't. All right. I wouldn't either. Love you. Love you, guys. Bye. Bye. Uh, We're going to bring on Derek McDonald. All right, Derek. I I wasn't flirting with her, Derek. Uh, She's getting eight inches of snow this weekend. So, Um, the first thing I want to say is, first thing I want to say is, after the week I had at work, I want to say, fuck the snow. If it never snows again, it'll be too soon. I'm so sick and tired of this goddamn snow. This is the guy. This is the guy that doesn't see snow falling. He sees money. I'm old. <laughs> okay, I'm old. Okay, that was younger than I don't have the energy anymore. Yeah, I fucking hate the snow. But um, well, that's what I told my mom. My mom's like, yeah. "Are you excited? That it's snowing?" I was like, "No, it's the wrong color. It should be brown." Because that's what I see when it falls. <laughs> I am. Uh, I had to watch. I had to watch uh, the Royal Rumble from a snowplow, which uh, oh, that's made nice. it made it crazy. But um, wait, were you driving and watching it? No, I would park. <laughs> I would pull over, you know, and I'd sit and I'd watch, yeah. and then I'd get in the truck again, and you know, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what the the callers have said. But I thought Royal Rumble was. I think you said it. I think you said it best, Brady. It was an okay show. Like it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It wasn't anything great. It was just okay. So it was. It was a. It was a predictable show. Mm-hmm. Um, to get where we didn't think that they should have gone, that they decided that they wanted to go. Uh, yes. <laughs> I. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm. I'm. People are so upset about it. I'm far, I'm far more upset about uh, Big E. 
and finding out that Riddle could have won it and they took it away from him, I'm far more upset about those two things than I am about anything that actually happened in the Rumble. Me too. And a part of me wondered with E, I, I wonder if he had some type of connection to Kofi, and then when Kofi had the mistake and eliminated himself and kind of ruined because they just dumped Big E out like he was just a guy. It's like he was never world champion. Yeah. It's like the last six, seven months right. never happened. They just dumped him. So I wonder if he was tied into Kofi. And, yeah, the thing with Riddle, because if you watch these shows, like if you watch Raw, if you watch it just based on crowd reaction, you would think the biggest stars were Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, just from the reaction they get right. in the crowd in every city they're in. I mean, to the point where yeah. they're booing – they're booing Otis and Chad Gable like they're, you know, Mr. McMahon <laughs> circa 97, 98. <laughs> right, right. And, it, and yeah. it's, it's, I would have went with Riddle. Um, you, Brock could get to Roman without having to win the Royal Rumble. He didn't, he didn't need it. There's a million ways you could tell that story, and him winning the Rumble wasn't necessary. They still could do it. But now they got to get rum. Now they have to get Lesnar out of the elimination chamber without destroying his credibility. I know. So That's I don't understand, thing. like why they, yeah, why do they point them, paint themselves into corners like that? Like, do you think that Lesnar's actually going to win back that title and they'll go title for title? <sighs> maybe, maybe the goal nah. is to get Roman on both shows. See, I would say yeah, but it seems like they want Mania to be a two night event now. So you're going to need yeah. a main event for each night. That's the thing. Well, I'm assuming Ronda's going to be the other one. Yes, she'll be one. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah. But if you're if you're Fox, because they said you know Ronda's probably going to be on uh, SmackDown because Fox wants her. If you're Fox, are you happy sharing Roman with the USA Network? Because I wouldn't be. No. No. I mean, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. And and no, no, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, and I'm I'm a I'm a New Day fan. I've told people, but the fact that you just take Big E, you put him back on SmackDown for no rhyme or reason, and you just make him Kofi's tag team partner again, it's like, well, what the hell are you doing? What was the point? They when when they were in Philly, uh, they did a match with Seth and Big E on Raw, Mm -hmm. and I remember like I was sitting, I took my mom's colleague from work and um you know we're sitting there and he asked me who I thought it was going to win since like Big E had just lost the title and Seth was challenging for Roman's belt and mm-hmm. I said I I thought probably Seth but I thought that was a shame because it's only going to continue to uh to mess with Big E's momentum um and I was right you know Seth did win that match he he curb stomped him he pinned him um I don't think at the time it even occurred to me that, like, they might take him out of that world title picture so quickly and just stick him in the same old tag team scene that he's been in for nine years or whatever it's been. It's, it's a shame. He's just the guy now. It, they did the same thing to, to Drew when Drew lost the belt. Like, he, he, he became yeah. just another guy. And it's a shame. And, and like, you know, I have nothing – I was going to say I have nothing against Ronda. I have nothing against Brock. But here we are, Mania season – and you're pushing the same faces, the only the new same faces. Couple. The same couple people. Yeah, the yeah, only yeah. new faces last year, and he was the champ last year. And I don't see – I mean, I, I I suspect Ronda's going to fight Charlotte 
because mm-hmm. they'll want her to win, and I don't think she's going to beat Becky. So that at least mm-hmm. gives them a year to figure out what they're going to do with Ronda and Becky. That's why yeah. I think she's going to work Charlotte this this WrestleMania. Um, but basically, there isn't a plan right now to make another star out of Ronda Rousey being there. Like at yeah. least last time, there was kind of an end game to it, even if it wasn't what they envisioned originally. They were able to make yeah. somebody who was about on equal footing with her. Yeah. And they don't have that anymore. I, I, I mean, honestly, I probably would have had Ronda get into a feud with Bianca Belair. And it's funny not you say that. I, not for the title. It's funny. Yeah. I saw, I saw an interview with DDP, and he was talking about that. He goes, I think Ronda and Bianca can make a lot of money. And he's right because it's different, and it's it's somebody who they hadn't seen before. But I, it's Charlotte. You know, you got to – as far as great as Charlotte is, they do push her down the fans' throat a lot. Like, the way she was yeah. in that, that rumble was crazy. And she was, like, booked like Shane McMahon. Yeah, it was like, it was like, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't understand. And, like, I, for every time, you know, for every moment that you give this company credit, like, for the Riddle and Orton stuff, yeah. they do something stupid that takes it all away. And now I'm starting to wonder is – you know, if they're even that Orton and Riddle is awesome is because they're just doing their own thing. It has to be. Yeah, I, I'm thinking so. And and when they break them up, it's going to suck. Yeah, they're, they're, neither one of them is going to be the same. But I agree. Like, Stro, you were saying in the chat um, that you feel like Riddle could be, like, their next, like, breakout star. Um, I agree. I, I think he's about um, – the people love him, Derek, like you said. Um, you know, he's got that – legitimacy to him that not everybody has and and he's just a he's just a fun character you know he's somebody that like he won't be offensive to the kids the adults like mm-hmm. him because he's funny the hardcore fans like him because he's legit he's, he's got something for everybody he's um he he's like a like a new age kurt angle in a way yes and yeah. you, you can tell he just it, it was funny because you know, he's had the whole thing with Brock. So when Brock's coming to the ring, he, you know, they show the guys in the ring and everybody's supposed to be, like, afraid. And Riddle just has the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> like, he can't even hide the fact he's so happy right. to see Brock come to the ring. And I was like, that's just – that's part of the guy's likable. Like, he's just a – he's a likable guy. He doesn't seem like he's a jerk. Yeah. And like you said, he's – and, <laughs> and he can play the he can play the Kurt Angle role where he can be – a clown, and if you piss him off, he can beat somebody up, and you'll believe it because he's right. legit. Yeah, and when when he got when Brock got in the ring, and I just kept thinking of like the thing with Riddle where he said like you know, <laughs> me this thing between you and I it ain't happening. I just like that kept coming back to me because now like because now they're gonna do it in Saudi Arabia again, you know. Yeah, exactly. If, if this Roman match, if this Roman match weren't in the picture. That would be the perfect opportunity to have Riddle make make Brock tap, and he would be huge. Yep, he'd be the next star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. and and I remember I saw a quote from somewhere, and they said, you know, Vince sees a lot of early '90s Shawn Michaels and and Riddle. And at first I was like, I don't get it, you know, I don't understand, blah 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 blah. But then I hear Riddle talk, and they talk to him about Brock and Goldberg, and he goes, you know. 
I'm going to have matches with these guys. And I remember they were like, well, how are you so sure? He goes, because we can make money together. And he goes, and that's what this yeah. business is about, making money. So I he can see where it. Vince would love <laughs> They him. don't know what yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I can see where Vince would look at him and go, this, this guy gets it, God damn it. Right. And that's why he's been around, you know? He's uh, he's one of the few to survive that time from NXT and have actually gotten yeah. bigger. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much him, him and uh, another guy they made look like a complete, complete loser in the Rumble. It's been him and and Damian Priest. They've kind of been the only two who have kind of been protected. Yeah, since coming up. So that leaves the question, and I, I kind of asked Kevin earlier, and I'm curious what you guys think as well. Um, so my question that I kind of posed at the beginning of the show tonight was. Um, if WWE could do any one thing to improve their product, um, assuming that they need to improve it, that that is an assumption based on how you feel about what WWE does every week. Um, and it may not even be something that's totally doable, but what one thing could WWE do to put themselves in a better spot? Uh, my answer right away, and it wouldn't make sense because of ad dollars, was to uh, cut down on the hours of programming. I think an hour or two of Raw and an hour or two of SmackDown are more than enough. And I would put NXT yeah, back on yeah. Peacock if, if ad dollars weren't the thing. That, um, yeah, and other than, you know, that was going to be my thing. I think it's kind of a two-pronged thing, but fresh matchups. Because you turn into the show and you can see the same match you saw last week most of the time. Yep. Like, Last night they did Rey Mysterio and AJ Styles. That was a breath of fresh air. You know, yep. the week before the week before that they did AJ and Austin Theory. That was a breath of fresh air. Um, so maybe we can have fresh yeah, matchups. Right. It's also like it's also like Vince just woke up and realized how great AJ still was. He decided to let the guy be on be AJ Styles on TV again. And but, that's, um, that's that's the thing with AJ, like. You don't need a magic formula with him. You don't need him to be out there with a giant. You don't always need to be funny. Just put him out there, you know. Give him that, what Benoit and Guerrero were to WCW back in the day. Just put him out there and have him have great matches. Yeah. People are going to like him for it. it. Yeah, and, like, so if you can keep having fresh matchups and, you know, fresh programs, I, I think that would work. But, like you said, you know, They'll have somebody feud over the title for for two, three months at a time, and it's like, okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, Bianca and Dewdrop had great matches, but they had, you know, they had a match every week for like a month. And that's what happens. Like, they get into these cycles, like, here's the next pay-per-view. This is the match we're doing. So now every match that these guys are programmed in has to be some variation of them fighting each other every week until the pay-per-view when they fight. Yeah. And it's, it's dumb. Back in the day, they used to have you wrestle somebody totally different and then have the other person interfere or do commentary. They they had a million different ways to get them both out there without actually having them touch. And it was yeah. much smarter. It, it was a lot smarter. Um, Kevin's answer, which I thought was really good too, is to cut back down to the original four pay-per-views. And if you do other shows, don't make them major ones, you know? Just... When you're booking from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania to SummerSlam to Survivor Series, it just flows a lot better because it gives you more time where you're not rushed to get everything in and have to constantly create the next pay-per-view matchup. Yeah, another I, good, I another good think, answer. 
And I used to think when when I enjoyed WCW at you know the most for me, they would have the big pay per views, and then in between they'd have a clash of the champions. And if you wanted to have something yes. mid, you know, you'd have something happen at a clash of the champions, and then save everything else for the big shows. So even if they did yeah. something like that, like you know, have a, a random Saturday's night main event, if you know, if you if you're not mm-hmm. gonna have a pay per view. And have something sort of yeah. big happen there, but this pay per view every month, two, some they would have two in a month sometimes. It's 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 too much. There was a point when they were doing it every other week. Yeah, and I, I'm glad they kind of got away from that a little bit, um, probably because of Peacock and because yeah, yeah. And here's another one. Here's another good one. Uh, and this is something I kind of pointed out earlier, but I I just think it's it's so true. Um, so the wrestlers, because of the nature of the deal with Peacock and before that the WWE Network, um, they don't have a lot of incentive to really go all out. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like during the Attitude Era, they were going crazy. Like they were throwing each other through everything and they were doing every conceivable thing. And it's like they don't have to do that anymore because they're not making pay-per-view bonuses. Because WWE yeah. isn't collecting that kind of money anymore, and, and, yeah. and honestly, like as much as I can't stand the guy, like one of the reasons that CM Punk left that I agreed with was because they were taking away the pay-per-view bonuses. They were creating the WWE network, so now instead mm-hmm. of making fifty bucks a pop off each person that orders, you're just making the ten dollars a month off each household. Of course, yeah. you're going to see a huge drop there, and, and I, I understood that point of view, but I, I, I feel like. You need some sort of an incentivized system to get people to care that are on the roster mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. And you right. could say T-shirt sales, but the truth is that to a certain extent is a work thing because they're only going to create T-shirts for the people that they want to invest in. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. I, I was listening to – Jim Cornette, and he was talking about Ali wanting his request and his release. And he yeah. said, uh, you know, when he, Jim Cornette, Cornette goes, you know, there was a time where WWE was the place to be, and if you were unhappy, you would bust your butt to get a better position so you could be a top person in that company. He goes, that's why the Attitude Era was yeah. so great, because everybody wanted to be great on TV. No matter how bad, he goes, you know, Road Dog and Billy Gunn hated their creative, so they became the outlaws. You know, Triple H hated his creative, so he joined Triple. You know, joined Sean, and they became BS. He goes nowadays, when talent are unhappy, instead of going, you know what, Vince, give me an opportunity to do this so I can make you money. He goes, they just leave. You know, they figure I'd rather go. Either that else or they're complacent. Yeah, he goes. And yeah. Vince, Vince has to, and of course Vince is out of touch. Anybody who watches the product can see. He goes, but you yeah. have to. Vince has to – part of being a great leader is knowing when to give the reins to somebody else. And I, he tried to do that with Bischoff and Heyman, and when Heyman had control of Raw, for the most part, it was a better show. Now, it wasn't – it was Buddy Murphy was on TV, and it was, you know, Ray Mysterio and Rollins and all these other guys, and Apollo Crews was getting the push and the Hurt Business. All that stuff came into fruition, and the fans enjoyed it. Yeah. But Vince yeah. Owen was getting the same rating. Why am I giving you all this control? I can get this rating when I'm in charge. And that's he yeah. has to get out of that, that mindset. Um, I don't know if he ever will. <laughs> I think we may have to wait till he's either too sick to do it or until he passes away. 
But he has, <laughs> I, don't I don't know who I don't know who's going to do it because everybody's like, yes, man, it's Pritchard and it's Laurinaitis, but somebody yeah. needs to sit Vince down and goes, look, you're making millions of dollars. We could be making billions of dollars if we had a better product. I and I. I, sadly, I think the guy that's in his ear the most is Nick Khan, who probably is the guy that's convincing him to operate like this. Because he just Nick sees Khan's the money a, coming in. I'm about to say he's a Hollywood agent, so he just figures if it's making money, it's working. And um, yeah, that's that's terrible. Well, let's uh, let's go to the phones and see what some other people think. I'm gonna go to Steve down in Virginia. What, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Oh, just the man with the plan. Listening in. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see that Brian Kendrick is uh you see that Brian Kendrick's on Dynamite tomorrow? Or Wednesday? Did did they sign Brian Kendrick, really? They I didn't, didn't sign, they I, I don't know if they him. I knew he wanted his release. I don't know. I don't know if they signed him, but he's announced for Dynamite against John Mockboy. Speaking of so Mockboy, I guess he Wow. I guess he got his release. I'm convinced. Then. Yeah, with Moxley, I know that. I, I'm convinced he's he's leaving. I'm I'm convinced now. After the last couple of weeks of television I've watched, I think it's just a matter of time before he's main eventing a mania with with Rollins and Roman. That the whole feud. Wow. He was a part uh, of the whole. I think he was he was he was a part of the whole setup to the the rubble match. He was like in the yeah. And and he wasn't Dean Ambrose either. He was Mox, which was strange, because yeah. they've never done that. Um, I I don't know. Yeah, but and, and, and yeah, you're right. Like if you watch like Dynamite, um, he hasn't done a whole lot since he's been back. They kind of dissolved like his alliance with Eddie Kingston. He's he's not really involved in any noteworthy well, things Eddie's or heard. anything. Certainly nothing long term. And it looks like they're going to put Eddie with. Santino, Santana and Ortiz, which they should have did from yeah. the beginning. I don't know why the why the hell they were with Jericho, but and and <laughs> you know all the interviews I saw Rollins and Roman do leading up like all the media appearances they did. They're talking about why they mentioned him in the promo and Roman talking about how, much, how how he's good friends with Moxley and you know he's close to the Mox and he is with Seth and then Seth's talking about how he saw. You know, WWE likes to control everything that these guys say when they're in the media, and I don't think it's a coincidence yeah. that all this is getting through the red tape all of a sudden. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Steve, do you have any ideas for how WWE can fix themselves? Just one simple idea? Uh, pretty much what Derek just said. Put someone else in charge, like Paul Heyman or Eric Bischoff and Triple H. Triple H can't do it because he's got the health issues. Yeah. It, it's interesting because, like, they've tried that a couple times now over the years. And before it can even gain any sort of momentum at all, they always switch it back. How many times mm-hmm. has Heyman been in charge of the show? Four or five times now? Well, he was, he, was, he was in charge of SmackDown years ago, and that was actually pretty well received, uh, at least right. by viewers. And then, and then the... Yeah, like Derek said, he took over Raw a while back, and they kind of nixed that, too. So, And I think it was partially because, like, they wanted Eric Bischoff on the other side. I, I understand, but, like, like when you have Paul Heyman doing head creative for a show, 
you know that mm-hmm. show is going to be totally different than the other one. And I think that's so mm-hmm. important with the brand split. You don't want yep. two shows that are the same just with a different color. I mean, so that, yeah. That, that's the, why it's so important. Like, the for the past year, Roman has been, like, the guy in, in wrestling. Yeah. He, he's anywhere in any company. That's because he works specifically with Paul Heyman. How could you look at that and go, wow, that Heyman's doing a great job with Roman. I wouldn't want him to run a whole show for me. Like, I don't understand how you – how you wouldn't want that for your company. I don't know. I, yeah, it I, must be negotiating. It's the only thing I can figure. Yeah, I was just telling somebody on Sunday that Paul Hammond's too valuable to let go and let go to a AEW or Impact. And it's funny how he's brought up here. You see, I don't know if he'd work with Tony Khan because it seems like he likes to be in control of everything. Like well, he, yeah, yeah. He has yeah. A, he I'm, has just, a little... I'm just referring to the. I'm just referring to the rumors of him possibly going to TNA. All you know, a decade ago, decade plus. Yeah, he, I remember that. And, and yeah, the only reason that said... that didn't happen supposedly is because he wanted so much that Dixie didn't want to give up. Yeah, he exactly. The company. Yeah, and he wanted to get rid of all the old guys. And he said he wanted to build a company. He's, he said he'd keep two older guys, Sting and Eric Angle, because they could still go at that point. And he said he wanted to yeah. bring in Sting and Danielson and all those guys. He, he, he essentially wanted to make it NXT, basically, but NXT became exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah, he would have had a role in there. Yep, yep. Uh, no, it's true. It's true. It would have been uh, – it probably would have put Ring of Honor out of business, but it would have been an amazing show. But Vince sees, Vince sees something in him because he never lets him out of his sights for too long. Like, they fire him, and they bring him right back a year or two late. Like, he's never too far away from, yeah. from Vince to bring him in and be a part of the company. So they obviously see some type of value in him. Stro, did you have I any thought about, for... like, how – now, hold on. Did, did you, Stro, did you have any thought about WWE, how they could maybe improve things? I mean, we've thrown a lot of ideas out here, but I don't know that any are really things that they would actually do. Well, I've been hoping they would go back to the formula that brought them to the top to begin with, especially during the the Monday Night Wars. What brought them back to prominence was the fact that Vince took a bunch of young guys at the time, Mm -hmm. the young Austins, young Rocks, you know, and and, and Foley and Taker – and, and all that, and built them to be household names. And they're the ones that pulled them out of the, the rut with the Monday Night Wars because the yeah. WWE was kicking ass at that point. Yeah. And so, so they created their know, own they, stars. That's that's right. And right now, they have a, a golden opportunity. They got a bunch of great talent right now. They can do the very same thing with and and build them to be household names. And if they'll do it, it's a great you know, idea. Have that same yeah. talent. You know what I mean? But, but, but again, to do that, you know, you can't have Brock win the Royal Rumble every other year. I know he's only won it twice, but it feels like he yes. wins it every year. You know, Brock Ron, don't need it. No, he don't need it. At this point, he's, he's too already, big. For you know, they you've already got it. Right. They almost you've got him penciled in for that main event. Make somebody else. The yeah, the plan yeah. the plan almost was Riddle is what I heard. I don't know how true that is, but that's what I heard. Was Riddle almost won it. Yeah, like, like yeah. you said, with, I mean, you got the riddles, you got the big E's, you know what exactly. I mean? And the Rollins, and uh, 
man, so much talent like, to work with and you really build. And and if you look at Riddle, he's working because you're putting him next to an established guy in Randy Orton. And he's and and, yeah. and he's and, and, and in the process you take a guy like Randy Orton who I they owe people, you know, if you listen to all his colleagues in the wrestling business, everybody, no matter what company they come from, they'll tell you Randy's probably the best wrestler in the world. And when he's yeah. focused, you can and when he's focused, you can see it. And he seems oh, when he's having fun, and you can tell he's having fun and he with Riddle because he's having great matches yeah. with, with Chad Gable and all this stuff. And you can use a guy like Riddle, who's a young guy, to take this established guy and pump new life in him while letting that young guy feed off the older guy's spark. Like they help each other in the long run. They, they balance each other out, you know. I, I, you've got right. Randy Orton playing the straight man. Helps to make Riddle more serious in a way, which I think mm-hmm. he needed to get away from being such a comedy act from NXT in his first year in Raw. Uh, meanwhile, for for Randy Orton, I think Riddle is allowing people to see a different side of him that after all these years, they're really enjoying seeing. You know, that Randy Orton yeah. isn't just that meticulous viper. Mm-hmm. Lack of a better you had a question, Steve. I go ahead. Uh, unrelated, but sure. Did you see? Um, how was your um, interview with the Hannibal earlier? I wasn't. I was asleep earlier because I work overnight. But how was the interview with Hannibal? Earlier? Oh, it went great. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, uh, there was like part two of an interview I did with him uh, a little while back. So it was a good time. We we got to tell some great stories and. Uh, and everything, and kind of relive a few memories. So it was, it was pretty cool. I, w- I was glad to hear that uh, Hannibal didn't stab him in the top of the head. That was that was good news. Wait, wait, yeah. don't bring <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing Hannibal. Zoom. I'm playing with you. I got to wear my helmet now when I need him. I, uh, <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Steve, did you have anything uh, else, brother? I popped for eight inches of snow earlier, you and Tori. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't encourage him. Don't encourage Brady. Don't keep doing it. Oh, um, did you did you um the sound of effects like I used to, you know? Did you um did you finish Messiah yet? No, no. I don't know how you watched all those episodes in like three days. Like I, I'm only on episode five. It's really good. Um, it's good. It's real good. I just like I'm only watching like a half an hour at a time, you know. It's definitely the show that I, I wanted to see but didn't know about. Um, cool. I'm glad I you kind of read. It. Yeah, I've been. I didn't. I read it. A, I read a theory before, and I won't go into it, but I think there's like a, a theory amongst the Islam community that he's a certain figure. Uh, that comes in the end times, and I'll just say that. Oh, okay. Well, I'd be more yeah. interested in talking about it once I finish it. Exactly. Yeah. Because I got a feeling it's going to be a crazy ending, and I'm excited. So. Yeah, um, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I'll say that. Well, I. for those who aren't familiar, it, it's a show on Netflix. It's called Messiah, and it's about this guy that everybody thinks is uh, – the second coming of uh, potentially Jesus or, or some other religious figurehead, and uh, I, I like it's a very well written. I like the 
I like that they cover government intel and Palestinian-Israeli conflict a little bit. Um, yeah. So there's, there's a bunch of stuff that's in it that'll have my interest. Cool. Well, I, so I, I can't recommend. wait to talk with you about it once I'm done. But. Mhm. No problem. <laughs> I don't move as fast as you do. So. Um, anyway, Steve, great to talk to you, brother. And uh, keep on rumbling. Keep on rumbling. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Oh, I must be blessed. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, let's see. So we got Dustin. Let's get Dustin on before we're uh, out of time here. Dustin, I, I don't know if I should be saying I, I'm praying for you or congratulations or maybe a little bit of both. How you <clears> feeling? I'm good. Yeah. That's life-changing, man. I tell people it on is. the air. I haven't really told anybody. Uh, no, no. Sorry. No. I can't? Oh. No. Not even uh-huh. the good news? Not, uh, Wait, not, not on the, the good air. News no. secret? Yeah, not on the air. You can tell everybody off the air. Okay. Yeah, everybody, right. you can tell everybody when when you're off. Like it's not on not on the air. So you want me to get off then tell people? I got you. Okay. Yeah, no. After you finish the show and stuff later on, just when you get around to it, just tell everybody. Okay. Right. If I didn't know, if I didn't know any better, I would think somebody was going to be a father, but that can't be the case. Go ahead, Brady. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Oh wow. I mean, I can't talk about <laughs> it. So. <laughs> what what do you think about the Royal Rumble, Dustin? Uh, that's Vince McMahon's baby. Uh, uh, I saw. Uh, uh, you did that. Yeah, yeah, it just been first match for really? ruined the entire pay per view. The first match ruined the pay per view. For me, yeah. I think the first match, the first match made the pay per view, my friend, and it only well, got no, no, not the not the disqualification ending. That that's what pissed me off. First of all, I just want to say, oh, Seth is, Rollins, I had you all wrong, buddy. You're awesome. Because Seth Rollins has been awesome great. these last couple of weeks. That so guy's got drip. this Joker thing, yeah, this this this, <laughs> hot, this Joker thing. Yeah, I'm going to shop where he goes. I know. I told Dustin, I don't know if I told you, but I'm getting married in September. And that's like I'm legitimately married, right? So like, so I'm legitimately uh-huh. getting married in in September, and uh, like I'm not uh-huh. making that up, you know. And like we decided <laughs> on our colors for the wedding, we want to go for red. And I thought I wanted that Seth Rollins that red suit, but when I saw Bobby Lashley list, oh, oh, Derek, oh, I, I pulled Kelly oh, aside and I said, Kelly, I got it right here. Oh, wow. I said, Oh it's, man, Bob, it's a, Bobby was the Daddy Mac last night. Oh my goodness, man, he was making me oh. wet. Oh, what a, <laughs> uh, what a, what a Brady! Actually, him, the only man. match I was actually the only match I thought was good was the Lashley match. <laughs> that was a good match too. Yeah, you, you didn't like. Oh, I didn't like the ending the on that. No. Me either. No. Yeah. Well, well, I'm just kind of upset <laughs> because Seth hasn't been champion in three in three years. That's why I'm upset. About he, it. What do you think about the way? He, what do you think about the way Seth dances? Like, I I just think it's amazing. Oh. He's great. Everything about him. Yeah. He he has become one of my favorites. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, (laughs) 
Well, Bernie, here's Tim the thing. Roman I really Lashley. hope I could just watch them all day. Yep. Brady, I really hope they're not doing title for title at Mania. Oh, I hope not too. What I would love is for Riddle to top out Brack to top tap out Brock in the uh, Elimination Chamber, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Brock's going to go in there and destroy everybody. That's what's going to happen. That's why they're having a match. He's going to yeah. hurt everybody and, and ruin the match for everybody. Hold yeah. on. I'm sorry. I wish I could dance as well as Rollins in the morning like he does, man. And the Rock. <laughs> did, did Kevin Owens some, tell Rollins last flag, night? He does. He does. Did Kevin yeah. Owens tell him last night that you're the world champion of my heart? Is that what he did? He tell him that last night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that was great. That I'm was so great. upset about that. I really am. I, I will be upset for weeks. You know, after that, that rumble and, well, and like, all the matches suck. Like the men's Ronda rumble. Ralph, went and sucked. And, the men's run. The men's rumble. Like, pardon the pun, but that was a well. Pardon yep. the work. Yeah, right? it was. You know? I, uh, they said uh, I, it's all yeah. Shane. They said Shane booked it. Yeah, he produced it. He booked it himself. You know. Um, I, um Brady. There was. There, yeah. I noticed Brady. There was no Cesaro and there was no Finn Balor in that match. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I I saw that Finn is out the country, so he must have went back home. To, uh, he must have went back home. <laughs> he doesn't something. come back. You know. Yeah. Right. Let me go, fella. But um, and yeah. I don't know where Cesaro's at. But maybe that's why people were upset, which because they said a lot of people were mad at Shane for that match. So maybe that's why some people were were pissed off. Yeah, I I didn't think it was a bad match in and of itself. No. But what mm-hmm. it showed me is that like there's not a lot of talent there outside of like maybe four or five guys in that Rumble. It, it reminded me so much of like that first year that Sean won when he was fighting like. You know, like the garbage man and and the Aldo Montoya and like uh, all those gimmick guys. That's that's what uh, it felt like to me. It didn't. It was all um, passing guys and guys that were like not really. Hold on. The biggest surprise of the whole and usually like the Royal Rumble is great for surprises. The women's one had a ton of them, but the men's one. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest surprise was Drew McIntyre, who yeah, like it, everybody yeah. figured would be out for like a year. Yeah. Uh. Brady, here's the thing. I, I would have been okay with AJ Styles or Drew McIntyre winning. That, that's what I, only, only two of them would have been okay with them winning the formal match. Well, I wanted Drew to win, but I didn't think it was going to happen. I, they've given up on him again, I think. Same as Big E. I don't get it. That, that's yeah. unfortunate that, that they moved Big E back to SmackDown. And, and you so know what? They years, used to do. I, yeah. I was going to say, what they used to do with the Rumble was they would take a young guy or somebody they saw something in, and they would give that person, like, the the push to, like, oh, this is the guy to look out for. And if that was the case, mm-hmm. you could have took a guy like Montez Ford. You could have took Montez Ford and put him in that position. He didn't have to win, but let the guy get a great yeah. showing. So after the Rumble, you can go, look, keep an eye out for them. Montez Ford, Montez Ford and Austin Theory should have been in the Final Four. Yep. Instead of Shane McMahon and whoever else was. I don't remember. (laughs) Uh, Bad Bunny? I like Bad Bunny. Bunny. That didn't bother me. Like, I don't like it. I would love it if everybody just beat up on him. I I, I, I mean, he doesn't bother me. He just, like, you know, same as, like, um, the jackass guy. Like, eh. Johnny Knoxville? I don't have... 
Yeah. I don't have expectations that he's going to do anything, so it didn't bother me. Yeah, I think that was a um, – I heard him and Sami Zayn and everything is going to uh, – Brady, I heard that Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville's feud is going to go into Mania. Apparently, they're going to have a match. Uh-huh. Hmm. Uh, maybe. I think Sami – if any, if anybody can make it halfway entertaining, it's Sammy because he's so good. He's another one I enjoy. But um, I don't know. The thing about Sammy is he can still have great matches, and they just don't put him in great matches, which I guess is better for his body in the long run. But uh, I thought, yeah, like like Patrick, our, our co-host Patrick thought he was convinced that um, Sammy or Kevin Owens was going to win the Rumble because they both just signed new deals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you don't understand. No. They just no, got no, no, paid. No. <laughs> that's all that's that it. was. Yeah. They got paid. That's, that's they got hush yeah. money and to stop talking about AEW for two years. Is what yeah, they got. You see, you see AJ, AJ resigned, and all of a sudden he's Shawn Michaels reincarnated. So you see how that works. Right. <laughs> you, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how it works with move. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, one more thing with uh, with Omos, and I the guy doesn't bother me, but let's not make more out of this than it is. Um, yeah. People seem to think he's like the second coming of Andre the Giant, and I don't see it. I think he's way more great Kali than Andre the Giant at this point. Um, I think they probably rushed to put him in this spot, and he really could have benefited. Mm-hmm. From being outside the ring watching everybody else for a long for a long while still, yeah, um, and I don't yeah. see it, you know, and and don't burn out on him because he's not that good. And and you'll hear it like I heard the Undertaker and Kevin Nash. I heard both of them say he can be a star. Um, I believe Undertaker said, you know, there's only one Andre. He goes, but Omos has some uh, something special about him. So I guess we have guys like that saying something. I guess they see something. Yeah. But like you said, he he shouldn't be. No, he shouldn't be where he's at yet. Not yet. If he, if you wanted to keep him as AJ's bodyguard and let AJ be AJ, maybe that would have been for the best. But he shouldn't. He shouldn't be a singles guy right now. And if you want him working those matches, then I would put him down in NXT and have him be Killer Cross. Exactly. Exactly. That's it, and let him learn yeah. it as he goes along. Right. And killing those guys. So, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, it's great that he has potential. I just, I just think he's got a long way to go before he gets there. Just, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's about it, though. Did you have anything else uh, for this week? Anything to uh, to mention uh, or to bring up or? To plug or No. These no, shows have no. been really fun by the way. Like I feel like we're really starting to get back to the wrestling talk. Yeah. And it's it's been good. I just wish WWE would give us, you know, something to work with. Well yeah. Maybe I know. You know what? I know. I, I used to keep I used to always think, you know, well, we're on the road to WrestleMania, things are gonna start working, but now we have a Saudi show in between the Rumble <laughs> and, and and Mania, so no, yeah. I don't know. Well, at least it's an elimination chamber. Like in the past, we would have gotten an elimination chamber and then a Saudi show a week later. That, now that's true. Yeah, so at least we get uh, ripped the band-aid off. So, yeah. And not only that, but they're like putting it on like a Saturday 
Like in the oh, past, okay. the, the Saudi shows have been like a Thursday at like noon, like when no one can watch. Yeah, it. yeah, I'm at work. Yeah, not not knowing. What time well, me too. Work. Yeah, yeah. So, and it does look like I did just read that Brian Kendrick did get his release. So I guess that makes sense that uh, he'll be on AEW. Okay. But I mean, are they going to use him right? Are they going to keep I him around, him. or is he? I guess he said, yeah, I guess they said he's fighting Mox, so I guess that sets up the, the Danielson stuff. I also saw that yeah, uh, Keith Lee is, like, officially a free agent at midnight, so I guess he'll show up on the show. At midnight. Yeah. Very nice. And then a week or two, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, he said, um, Tony Khan said, we're going to be more mindful of who we sign, and then he's still signing people at an alarming rate. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking Brian Kendrick will join the Team Nightmare training facility. And um, <laughs> and Keith Lee, before you know it, will be in Mark Henry's spot announcing yeah. the main event for the next Rampage. Yeah. If you're a big man, you got to be kind of weary of going there, don't you? I would think so. Look how they treat – yeah, like look at poor Brian Cage. So. Yeah. He's counting, he's yeah. counting down the days so he can leave. Yeah. Yeah, that poor guy, man. And I was looking at pictures of him when he was younger. Like, talk about, like, like he recommitted himself, you know. He built his body, and he just, like, he was doing everything the right way, you know. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah. And I never realized, like, until I saw that dark side of the ring, like, the influence of Canyon had over him. But, like, mm-hmm. you can really see it in a lot of the stuff that he does now, and you know that. I think if. Vince could, and I said this about EC3 too, and I was completely wrong. But I think if Vince can get his hands on the cage, it looks like he'll be able to. I think he can yeah. make money with Cage just because of his physique and the way he looks. You know, I think yeah. he can do something with him. I would hope we'll so. You know, again, you know, I I don't understand why they don't have Kelly, Karrion Cross under contract. So I know, and I saw an interview with him where he was. I saw an interview with him, and he said uh, they asked him if he think he'll be back. He goes, yeah, I think I'll be back. So maybe there's something I happening too. there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I do too. The biggest shame with him was, like, they didn't have crowds for most of the time that he was around. Yeah. So. Oh, well. The other one is Scarlet. Like, like, how can you, yeah. Like, they were just like. Yeah, look at it. I, I, yeah, like. They're just, just like your prototypical, what you want in a guy and what you want in a woman in WWE. And Vince couldn't make it work. That's that's crazy. Ah. I don't think Vince even got – Vince probably barely even saw him. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Unless yeah. something happened backstage. You know, I, that's the only thing I can think. But, God, he certainly did everything they asked of him. Mm-hmm. He didn't complain. He put him in a gladiator mask, and he, he didn't go on the internet and bitch about it. He just went about his yeah. job. Lost to Jeff Hardy in ninety seconds after basically being undefeated in NXT. Yeah, while being NXT champion, wasn't he still the champ when he just beat him? Yep, yep. And that was his debut match. So, yep, that was how the crowd got to know him. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how much I can hate wrestling and love it at the same time. I know. I was I was thinking that the other day. Like, oh, <laughs> what a business. But hopefully things turn around. On the whole, I thought yeah. the Rumble show was really good. 
Um, yeah. I, even like the men's rumble, it didn't piss me off like it pissed some people off uh, because mm-hmm. I figured Brock was going to win it. So I wasn't like, like I I would have been over the moon excited if Riddle had won that thing. But yeah, I also didn't expect him to. I I expected Brock to win. Mm-hmm. Just based on the way it plays out and the way they always handle things, so I I was fine with the show on the whole. It didn't bother me that the women that they use so many legends. It, it, Shane McMahon doesn't even bother me too much because at the end of the day, he usually does lose. I just yeah, he never wins. Yeah, yeah. there's just yeah, but there's there's got to be more. There's there's got to be more than they do, and um, I'm glad Lashley has the belt back. I am glad about that. I I hope yeah. he has a nice long run. When I when I was finishing up at work and he won the title, like my son sent me a text message. He was like, "Everything's right in the world," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then he sent me the picture of Lashley as champion. I was like, oh, "Okay, at least they did one thing correctly." Yeah, so, yeah. Now I just got to bring Big E back. That's it. <sighs> All right. You have anything you want to plug for this week, Derek? No, just glad to be back. Like you said, I, I love the flow of the shows now, and I go back and I listen to the early parts of the show that you guys do too. And the, the show flows along so yeah, well. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Kevin and Patrick have been huge like additions. Just yeah. uh, they've helped me so much with kind of spreading out the content and not relying so much on the callers. Not that yeah, there's anything cool. wrong with you guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, what do you got going on, man? Thank you. I, I have fun with it. What do you got going on? Oh, you're muted, brother. You're muted. Okay. How about now? You're good. That. You're good. It's there. Uh, Thursday night, WCW Retro, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're right here on com. We'll be discussing the, the most underrated in pro wrestling history. So if you have an underrated throughout the years that you'd like to uh, share your thoughts on, please call in. And this Friday night, the Throw Zone Hard Sci-Fi Show at midnight Eastern Standard Time on my Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Joe the Maestro. The feature this Friday night will be the Phantom from 10,000 Leagues. So please tune in for that. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I've, I've been loving these, these shows recently. I mean, it, like, like you guys said, so much chemistry, so, so much flow, and uh, it's, it's such a blast. Oh, for sure. It's been absolutely great, and I want to thank all you guys uh, once again. Thank you all the support for everybody with the cast and the crew. You guys have been absolutely amazing. Thank you to everybody that helps out with VOC Nation in each and every way. If you're interested in joining the VOC Nation, we're actually looking to expand, build out again, and uh, add some more content. So hit me up if you'd like. Uh, just send an email to my personal email. It's easier that way. BradyHicks at gmail.com. And uh, just send me a sample, maybe a proposed idea for a show, or, or uh, you know, we'll um, we'll take a look at it. And if it's good, I, I and I have no reason to think it wouldn't be if you listen to us, then uh, yeah, we'll be sure to uh, get you on the air as well. Uh, thank you to the callers. Thank you to the best cast and crew I could ever ask for. Uh, I also want to mention March 26th, ECWA Super 8 tournament returns to Morganville, New Jersey. This is the, uh, sorry about that. Uh, this is the Super 8 tournament, March 26th at the Jersey Dugout in Morganville, New Jersey. Uh, Encore more 
is going to be part of the uh, the tournament, as well as Travis Huckabee. Sorry, I'm going down the list here. I, I, I thought I had a list handy, and I don't. Uh, you know what? There's a bunch of really great talent, great young independent stars. I'll have the list for next week. You should know that Ricky Morton's going to be part of the show too, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. For tickets and information, visit ecwawrestling.com. And next week we are, and I know I said it last week, but we pushed it back a week so Patrick could be on board as well. We're going to have Colin Hunter from Kayfabe News going to be joining us on the program. Yeah. So I look forward to that. Can't wait. That much is true. And uh, we're going to have a great time with Kayfabe News. Fantastic site. Just celebrated 10 years, bro. 10 years of Kayfabe News, if you can believe that. Yeah, very cool. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. So everybody, take care. Be good to each other. Love you all very much. Take care. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye-bye.